yo, what's good? And welcome back to the Let's Get Real podcast. Come on, bro. Over a year of no content. We are back. We are excited. <laughs> We're both now married. We've got so many stories. I am hyped to be back, Nate, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, bro. It's, this is crazy. This is this is crazy. Oh. This is mad crazy, bro. As Talin said, we are back on the podcast. Um, what we'd like to say is YKTV, you know the vibes. <laughs> uh, but it's the Let Get Real podcast. And Talin said something that was sweet. We are now both married men. Uh, Talin beat me by what, two months? Uh, June 4th. Yeah, so you beat me by two months. And so, Talin, how's it been, bro? Man, married what life. What you been learning? Married life is so fun. Um, I've been learning how to clean, um, put my dishes away. No, I'm serious. Um, <laughs> I, bro, there's a lot. I've been learning patience. Um, you got to have patience in marriage. I've been learning communication. Communication is key. Yeah. Uh, I've been learning how to step outside myself, make sacrifices for my wife. Um, I've been learning that everything is not strawberries and cupcakes, man. Like there's some stuff that is thick and, 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 and hard. And, um, you know, that culture that the church tells you like, oh man, marriage the first year is so hard. You guys mm-hmm. are just going to go through such a difficult time. And, and Jordan and I looked at like all those conversations and we're like, you guys lied to us. Cause this is fun. I, you, you know, we're, we're going through that's our thick stuff, right? Like there's stuff that's still, don't get me wrong that like, oh man, that was hard. But like, they made it sound as if we were just going to get into this and bomb our first year and we're having the best time of our lives. So yeah. it's just been, it's just been like such, such a blessing that like Jordan is my wife because she keeps me on my P's and Q's and she makes me work hard. And yeah, man, it's been, it's been fun, bro. How about you? How about you? Yeah. I feel the same way. So many people like that. This is the first year is the hardest year. And I mean, I know, I know we're like, all right, this is what I think so many, so many people are, um, is it pessim, pessimists when it Pes- comes to pessimistic? I don't, I don't want the word mean. Pessimistic. pessimistic. I think that's pessimistic. What it is. Yeah. There you right? go. Like, so like when I say things that like I'm doing in my, first year of marriage like people are like oh you know that's a first year thing (laughs) what like huh yeah like Like, oh we're eating dinner together every night (laughs) oh wait till about year seven (laughs) that won't be happening anymore like wait what they're like like, uh yeah oh well you doing that in your first year bro Mm, that's a first year thing i'm like like sleeping in the same bed, like that's the first year thing. Like, I don't know, dog. So, I think Serum covers. That's a first year thing. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Except <laughs> uh, so, no, we do we do have different blankets because. Oh, dude. Okay, so I wasn't gonna say anything, but so do we. <laughs> yep. 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 One hundred percent. We use different it's, blankets. That's um, that's maturity, bro. That that's maturity. <laughs> that's realizing you don't have to share everything. Yes. Yep. Right. Like everything think... doesn't have to be shared. I think I first was like, what do you mean? We're not sharing. And then I, and then we, we, we didn't share. And I was like, this is, this is phenomenal. And I will never <laughs> live life a different way. So love it, bro. I love it. 
but man it's been great you know we our honeymoon was amazing uh we went to santa monica and so it was just so much that's fun awesome and, um and yeah i think that's what we're realizing right now is like the fun stuff and so i think i i take advice from the people that i really care about but mm. people who kind of make the jokes i'm kind of like what's up so like what's what's been the best part so far Oh man, that's a really good. I think, I think it's the like the weekends, and it's just like instead of like, all right, hey, what do you want to do? I'll pick you up. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, we're just gonna do it together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to go? So like this weekend, we're going to Vashon Island, um, Vashon? for our yeah, Vashon Island for our dating anniversary. Oh, nice. And so you know, just like nice, well, I think what we realized it was like honeymoon, and then it was like life. And it just punching us in the face. So I was like, hey, let's just get out. Let's just get out. Honeymoon. So, everything's perfect. Yep. I don't have to care in the world. Then you come back to World War Life and you're like, wow, we just, we have to pay rent now. This is weird. Mm. Yeah, so, this is really weird. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand doing. that. And so I think it's, I think it's just fun, like doing the things we love and doing the things we enjoy and making, you know, making dinner and all that kind of stuff. And, Man, hey, listen, I'm a I'm a house husband, okay? Now, I know Hey, I love that. That's like, you know, I should be canceled, you know what I'm saying? But like I love it. Cancel. I love it. So <laughs> I had, uh, laundry, I had, uh, all of it. I had this this uh conversation with someone the other day and we were just talking about like some of the things that we do for like our significant others outside of like going to work and being the, you know, the breadwinner or whatever. And I'm like, that matters, but it also doesn't because in this culture, there isn't like, typically there isn't stay at home wives anymore, really like that, that culture of like stay at home wives is kind of gone. I don't want to touch. I don't want to make anybody offended or anything, but like that culture is gone. Like women are working now. And so I was like, like, what do you do at home? And I was like, bro, I cook, I clean. And like he, he got like almost like flabberg. Like he was shocked. You know what I mean? Like, wait, what? You you do what at home? And I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, I cook, I clean, I do laundry, I fold Whoa. clothes. Like, I take the garbage out. Like, and what do you do? And he's like, bro, I go home and drink beer and eat what she cooked for me. And I was just like, yeah. So we're definitely from a different time. So we and cut culture. Like, so we yeah, cut, exactly. We, we cut different. Two different cloths, my boy. Because yeah. where I'm from, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing laundry. Yeah. So yeah. it was just like so weird to hear. How, like he almost was like, like, wait, you do what? And I was like, yeah, bro. Like that's I. Those are some of my house chores. Like I got, you know, I got duties at home too. Like it was, yeah, different cultures, it's, bro. And it's and it's funny, right? They're like. People are like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's just, I think, and the, the, I think the, the scariest thing that comes up out of that sometimes is like, oh, well, you know, 50%, 50% marriages mm. make it. And the church, mm. like, this isn't just a, a world thing, this is a church thing. Mm-hmm. Just, we have the same stats in the church. Uh, don't let anyone tell you we don't. We have the same stats. <laughs> That's scary. And, uh, and so that's what it's like. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, how could I not serve? How could I not, you know, I, I love this. How could I not? Because in the world we live in, like, that's just not going to happen. 
And Julia's out here teaching fourth graders and, you know, I get Nikes every now and then. You know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. No, I'm playing. So it's just it's just a good life. It's the I think I had someone tell me and it's true. It's the most underrated thing. Mm. No, because no one sold it this this good. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, it's the best. Man, it's better than the best. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm is, saying? It's holy, this is the bro. life. This it's is holy. the life. Yeah. So. So she adds to your Nike fund every so often now. Hey, man, listen, bro. <laughs> Listen, man. You get that Portland, Oregon discount because she's a teacher, or what? How's that hey, work? Hey, dude, I got a guy, man. Any shoe you want, you let me know. I'm dead serious. Hey, we'll oh. have to talk outside of the pod because you didn't tell yeah. me that. Yeah, any any shoe you want, and I mean like any shoe you want. Any? Dude, I hit this. I hit the, I hit homie up. I said, you know what? Are you, Space jams. You know, I'm just like trying to fill the market. <laughs> yep, eleven and a half, three twenty. I got you. I said. Huh? <laughs> and you know how hard it is to get some space. Pay less, bro. That's crazy. So I was like, oh, what about these? I want the I really want the orange and white, like glossy ones. Oh, and like the like, the backboards or whatever. The yeah, shadow backboards. They're like the shattered like backboards, but they're just white and orange. Oh, okay, okay. And I was like, how much? He's like, oh yeah, I got those one eighty. And I said, what's up? He's <laughs> got everything. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, I need his contact information. Anyway, ask your wife, though, bro. Talking about marriage. Definitely. Definitely. That's what I got a Nike fund, too. I got a Nike fund, too. Yeah. That's the (laughs) best thing. That's the best thing. I know you're joining like Andy right now. Like, hey, bro, don't tell about the Nike fund. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No more shoes for you. No more shoes for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to live my life as a minimalist. So. The next shoe I buy is like, okay, slow down. You're not a minimalist anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, all that to be. But you gotta keep you gotta keep an all white all white pair of uh, Air Forces. Always. You gotta have a you gotta have an all white pair. So like, I bought my pair at the beginning of summer, like right after Jordan and I got married. I still mm-hmm. have them. They're still clean, but I'm definitely gonna need a fall pair. And so the fall pair is coming here soon, and then the fall pair will be worn. You know, kind of like almost as as much as i would wear like the old summer pair just you know depending on where we go and then once spring hits or winter hits then i'm definitely gonna need the winter joints and then the spring joints you know what i mean like it just it's it's a cycle it's it's a season thing you gotta keep them all white gotta keep a pair of g phasos on ice 100 percent uh, 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 you're gross with it. Uh, yeah, I think I think you always gotta have a white pair. You always gotta have a black, a uh, majority black pair. I feel like. Yep. yep. Always gotta have a majority black pair, and then a pair of boots and some dress shoes. I think if you if those are the four shoes you got, I think you're gonna be alright. Um. Um. So, who knows? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I just think yeah. Anyway, with all that being said, married life is great. Uh, congrats to you, Talyn. Congrats to you, my brother. Cheers. Oh, man. Cheers. Um, and so I think we're back. We're back on the Let's Get Real podcast. And I know some people have been asking, like, hey, what a podcast. And when I say some people, it's been like three people. So I'm not going to act like people. Like, I have like 20 yeah. DMs. Like, One of them being my dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, bro. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Your dad's our biggest fan, bro. The uh, biggest fan, bro. 
For shout real. out to Pops. Shout out to Pops. Shout out to Pops. Let's go. And so <laughs> I want to cast some vision real quick when it comes to our podcast. And and, and that's the first thing. This is our podcast. Um, this isn't Nate's podcast. This isn't Talene's podcast. It's our podcast. And so uh, when we say we have a podcast, uh, we have a podcast. And Let's Get Real podcast is that. We were talking a little bit a couple minutes before this, and we said we really want to focus on this idea uh, where we're at the questions that we have when it comes to faith, when it comes to church, when it comes to leadership. Uh, And because the realities of our world is we are two young black men who have been um, who are who love Jesus, who are leaders, uh, who live different lives, different careers. recently married i mean like our life is always changing and and what we see in our world is that a lot of questions are being asked and i know Talin can agree to this i'm like but where's the answers though <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and this is this is so Talin's a millennial i'm a gen z but this is the biggest question that gen z is asking where the answers okay i've been told the questions i've been told to have faith what answers that mm-hmm. and now i'm not saying we always have to provide a concrete answer but we got to have some good conversations and we have some good talks and so you know what we're going to talk about in this podcast is is real conversations going in depth and I, we'll go to scripture and we'll go to our lives but the biggest thing that Tony and i t- talked about is the honest questions that we're asking each other so if we have a couple questions, we'll ask a couple questions. If we have one question, we'll ask that one question. And it's always going to be based in story. And so what you're going to hear a lot is Talin and I's story. Or if we have a guest, you're going to hear their story. It'll be less kind of like, why? what's your career? And more like, why do you get up in the morning? <laughs> you know, mm. you know what, what, what drives you? Those kind of things. Uh, you know, a little mama mentality stuff out here. Yes, so that, sir. That, that's the goal of this podcast is the name let's get real and i think that really does come out of talin and i's heart i've known talin for what well five years something like that yeah five six years yeah i've known talin for about five six years and usually we do funny things together but something that talin and i've always been able to do so easy is we get deep super quick so we'll literally be talking about like hey man Jesus, and we're like, hey, Bob, why does why do people treat Jesus like this? And then out of nowhere, and you're like, oh shoot, like, and that's what I've always loved about Talin. And so, Talin, in this first in season four, you know, we had a little abridged season three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, season three got canceled, and season yeah. four, the Let's Get Real podcast, the opener. Man, I just want to ask this question, bro. What's what's been on your heart? Where have you been at? What questions you been asking? Man, um, in this season of, of just, I would say, unknown, uh, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that is known. I just got married, um, and I am in a career, and I'm happy with my job. And um, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, okay, maybe not happy with my job, but I'm making money to provide. And there's a lot of stuff that like has been popping up where I'm like, okay, but there's always been that low hanging fruit of um, being called to ministry. And for the past, you know, seven years, I've been a leader, whether that's been on Young Life or uh, at some church capacity. And uh, 
multiple times I've been at church events or some sort of conference and uh, somebody spoke a prophetic word over me saying that uh, I am going to be, you know, in ministry, whether that's a youth pastor or a leader of a church, but I- I've had that spoken over my life so many times. And so being that this recent encounter happened where I felt like I was called to something bigger. I had to ask myself the question, what does being called to ministry even look like? Like, what does that, mm. what does that mean right now? And so I think being called to ministry and, and the world in the space that I am in means showing up to work, looking like Jesus, you know, going out and hanging out with, with students looking like Jesus, right? Like it doesn't necessarily mean that being called to ministry means I'm getting a paycheck. Being called to ministry means I'm living out every day doing exactly what Christianity told me I'm supposed to be doing or not even told to be doing, but like doing exactly what it means to be a Christian is being called to ministry, right? Like, so I took all of these prophetic words and visions and things that like people spoke over me and I put that in a box and that one box was youth pastor. Talk about it. I, I got to get a check Talk out of being called it. to ministry. So I, I put it in a box and that box was, you're being called to ministry. You're going to be a youth pastor and that's it. And, and when I came to the realization that youth pastoring is not the ministry I'm supposed to be called to, I then had to circle back and be like, what does it even mean to be called to ministry? And that's when the, the question came where it's like, bro, I don't even have an answer for you, but I know that I'm going to look in, in different ways, like showing up to work, being like God, being in my students' lives, teaching them about the Bible, studying my Bible every day so I can teach people about my Bible, like understanding what it means to be a Christian leader and showing people what that means to follow God in any aspect of my life, because that's what we're all called to do. When you're a Christian, you're called to be in ministry no matter what. So I don't know, bro. I've just been battling with that. And and it's been like such a weird realization the last few years or last few weeks. And 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 I've just been trying to figure it out and I can't. And so I don't know, man. Let's get real about it. <laughs> he said you said something that was profound. You know, someone made fun of me the other day that I like to use big words. And you know what? I like to use big words. What's up? And profound <laughs> isn't even that big of a word. Anyway, sorry, I got mad, bro. But, you got mad at yourself? Nobody yeah, got, even said nothing. Yeah, Nobody even that? said nothing. You, you got that? mad at yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> but what does it feel like? I wrote it down. What does it feel like to be called? Or what does it look like to be called to ministry? Uh, I think sometimes... What was so hard for me when I was as as I was growing up was the the vague prophecy. Mm. You're gonna be a youth pastor. When? Yeah, I mean, I could say that about anybody. You know what I'm saying? I could go to ten kids and tell them you're a leader. Five of those kids probably aren't leaders. You know, uh, I saw I saw a tweet the other day that said. Uh, we call we call every we we say you're the next generation. We've been saying that for year, for decades. Yeah. Every every generation is the next generation. That's literally <laughs> how it works. Yeah. It's so uh, we're speaking facts. I think 
I think we're we're prisoners to this idea of like of being vague because when we can be vague, we can just say, well, God said it. But I think what I found is uh, God's very specific. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't really know where there's a, there, maybe there is some moments where uh, my God is vague <laughs> and mm. he's hey, you're called. Or like, man, the, the dudes that he called or the people he's calling they had a direct call, like a mission, <laughs> and it might be a short mission, but they 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 had a role to play. And so, yeah. I don't know what does it feel to be called to ministry. The story I always like to share is like the first place I worked at. You know, I worked there, and it was it was cool, and loved loved the loved the community, loved the people, went to the schools, all that kind of stuff. It was awesome. It was awesome. And then I got let go. And I was like, oh. Like, I got let go. And this this isn't this isn't from the place you're thinking from you're thinking of. Okay. Okay. Um, but I got let go. And it was on a night that we did ministry. Hmm. It was hard. And I didn't know what to do. But I would drive to Seattle. I've shared this story on the podcast before I know it. I would drive to Seattle crying and then get to Julia's uh, college dorm when we just hang out. And uh, I, I don't, and she, she would have a, her roommate in there. I would just walk in and just cry. Because you know what someone told me? Being called the youth ministry was the position. Mm. I lost the position, so I felt like I lost my call. Mm. And in my opinion, God don't care as much about your position, right? God's gonna put you where He wants you to go. Yeah. Call, right? And and and, the, and and I guess the question you may be asking too is like, what is a calling? Is a calling a career? I make money from it. It was a career, something I'd do if I didn't make money from it. Gotcha. I don't know. I I don't know if that's kind of what you're thinking, but yeah. I think it's... But it was it was one of those things where like. You know, you feel called to ministry, and and when you hear being called to ministry, the title we put on that is being on stage. The title we put on that is being, you have a career, you are making money for doing exactly what it is that you're doing, which is being hired as some sort of pastor to some capacity, right? Like whether that's youth pastor, executive pastor, children's pastor worship leader when you say that person is ordained and they are called to ministry mm-hmm. it comes with a position and it comes with some sort of paycheck i don't care who you are what you look like what that's it doesn't matter when someone mm-hmm. tells you you're called to ministry your first thought is "Ooh, i'm called to be paid for speaking the gospel right am i wrong for that so no, when i, I when i when I felt like I was being called to ministry, like when people would say that and, and, and to touch base on like, you know, prophesying and prophecies, like I'm not saying that people who prophesied over me are false Wrong. prophets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that. That's false not what prophets? I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that sometimes people who say things can be, led by what they think is the spirit. And so you're hearing things 
from what you think is the spirit, then you lead somebody else into what they think they are hearing from the spirit. And then it is not even spirit led at all. Right. And so I'm not saying that that's what happened to me, but who knows if I was called to this big picture youth pastor thing, it would have happened for me. Right. Like Jesus would have made this happen for me and it hasn't. And I'm not saying that because it didn't happen that I'm not called to ministry. What I am saying is that sometimes things are said out of a space that you feel like, and does this make sense? Like you feel like the spirit is leading you to say something. And yet that feeling is not even spirit led. And yet you're still speaking it out. I don't know. That's, that's just it. And I'm not saying that the person, the people who prophesied over me are false prophets, but I am saying that sometimes it can happen in a way where maybe they just got the wrong reading. Well, and I think, well, and I don't want to say wrong person, but I think we, and when I say we, it's because I feel like I know I've been guilty of this as well as a youth pastor. We, we put the same call on everybody. Hmm. And it's not that I look at every kid and I go, oh, you're all called. But that is what I've said. You're all called. And so I, I guess my question is what I think of is when I was a high schooler, middle schooler, and I was told, hey, you're all called. I think a lot of people thought, oh, it's to be a pastor. Yeah. And it may, and it may be different. You know, it, it may be, it may look different. And I guess that's the tension for me. Cause that's where I'm at. Like as a young man who I had, like when I got asked to, for that job, like I cried because it was, I felt like it was a culmination of like, of my story of my life. And I got the job, but you know, it was crazy. It was never about the stage. Mm. That's what that's what I learned from Jesus when I got the job. When I got the man, you're a, you're a youth pastor, Nate. Man, bro, like, and I'm and I'm not trying to be rude, like, but I'm a youth pastor, and that's pretty cool, and I love it. But it ain't that cool. And the reason I say that is because my job isn't obviously there's like there's like numbers i can look at and all these kinds of things but i'm not bringing in money you know what i mean like no one's like hey how much money is you are you bringing sales are you bringing in today like (laughs) my question is like how many souls you're bringing in today Mm. you know what i mean and like but that's not what that's what god that's what he says right he says man you you will be judged by your fruit Mm. what if my fruit isn't all reproducing me over and over again you know, because I think sometimes when I when I tell kids they're called, they may look and go, oh, well, I need Nate's calling. Nah, bruh, that's that's what the Lord gave me. He might give you something different. Yeah. And you may, and you may have the gift of speaking or you may have the gift of charisma or you may not have the gift of charisma. You know, what I mean, like and you could be called in different ways. And we've being a pastor is very important. The scripture says so. So I'm not saying it's not important. What I'm saying is like, you're right, the stage. And I guess if we could title this anything, it'd be what, you know, get off the stage, bro. Like, because that's where I've learned where my calling is, is by face-to-face conversation with people. Yeah. It's speaking, go ahead. No, my bad. I was just saying, I think one of the biggest things I've learned when it comes to even doing ministry is, and we could talk about, 
you know, what that looks like behind closed doors, right? But like even being off the stage, I think one of the most important things is, and it doesn't matter where you are as a student or, yeah, I would say most, mostly students. They have an attention span of, and you can look up the stats for that later, but their attention span only lasts so long, right? So you have a, a student who sat in class all day. <laughs> they get home, they're doing homework, right? They eat dinner with their family. Then they come to youth group, depending on what day you do youth group, right? Mm-hmm. So Wednesday nights is typically when I went to youth group. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just noticed that students' attention spans are just like all over the place. And so for me, it's like, man, let's, you like you said, get off the stage. And this doesn't mean get off the stage as in like, boo, you suck more. Get off the stage as in like, <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. let's dig deeper right? Like, how can I create a small group atmosphere where I'm not preaching for 45 minutes and, and your attention span just complete? Your message is great. You built awesome content. I love every single word. I'm not talking about anybody specific, but what I'm saying is when you preach for that long or when you preach for however long, Every single week, I can go back to being in youth group, thinking about, and this is me thinking right now. So if you're listening to this, I'm thinking out loud. I probably remember three of the messages that my pastor spoke. Three. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And one every week for probably five years. I can remember three messages. But what I do remember is when my boy Josh and I sat down and had a deep conversation where he cried about his dad. And then I cried about my dad because we both related to something. We built connection. Mm -hmm. But it took someone stepping off of that platform for us to even build that connection. Like, hey, jump into the small group. Yeah. Show me what you guys can break down and, and, and let's ask these, let's ask each other these deep questions and have a great conversation with each other. I think that getting off the stage atmosphere can come from multiple different places, right? Like maybe you don't need to be up there every week. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And this is no, coming from I just like a youth does. leader perspective. Like I notice when my youth students are deeper in conversation, connection is being built more. Mm-hmm. yeah does that make sense no that i mean that makes perfect sense and and the idea of calling i think when a leader can use multiple gifts then i think students or people you know their congregants can see can see oh there's a multitude of ways that i can work in my calling mm-hmm. and w- when i say work i don't mean get a paycheck i seen live in my calling Cause they're all like, they're what is there seven almost eight billion people on the earth, you know what I mean? Like there are some people, <laughs> who, you know, who can. <laughs> there are some people who, who are there have not been called to get the check. They have not been called to get the thing. They have not been called to get the get the price tag or get you know get all those things. What they've been called to is to lead their family well and to work and make money for their family and raise their kids. You know what I mean? Like that's what they've that's what they've been raised to do. That's what they've been called to do. And I think I think what I found is 
speaking is a tiny part of my job. A tiny part of my job. I probably speak, I don't know, maybe 20% if that of my job. Most of my job is sitting with people, listening, serving, praying, and planning. <laughs> really, like, yeah. And if and if you would have told me when I was twelve that that's what my call looked like, I would have been like, ah, nah, bro. What you talking about? <laughs> I need the stage. I need to go. Like, yeah, Robert Madu. What you talking about? You know. What I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and what I found is, I think when it comes to calling, bro, is uh sorry for that like when it comes to calling is no we can we can tell kids like if you feel called to preach like that's okay that's good it's not you know we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. what we say is like what we do say is this we say your calling may be this or maybe that but also i believe if you have been called especially when it comes to Jesus, your calling is going to have to do with people. Mm. And do you love and listen and serve those people well? That's that's what I think. I, I, I know very few calls where he's like, don't do it with people. I I, I don't know if I can think of one. Because mm. it's either, it's either hey, be it, do it in your workplace. Maybe not. You're not a minister of the gospel, but stay in community. Do it with your mm. family. Who's that? That's people. You know, do it at your church. Okay, you're called to be a pastor. You're called to be a director. You're called to be a. Uh, you're called to be a community liaison. Whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, with people. Hey, I want you to live out your calling by being in a school. You're going to be a teacher, not a teacher of the word per se, but you're going to be a teacher, making sure that our next generation knows math. Like, do that. What is that with? It's with people. And so I would say, there was a question asked at a conference I was at, and it said someone asked, like, how do you know? Your, it's your call. How do you know it's like, how do I know when I'm walking in my call? And really, like, the answer was good, but one person said, one person said, if, because I've heard some people say, you know, if your mind and heart agree, they'd be like, bro, someone's lying if it's you, just your mind and just your heart are trying to agree. It's this. Does the scripture call it out? Do leaders around you call it out? And you fully believe that the Holy Spirit is calling you to it. If those things align, I believe, then yeah, you're walking in your call. But like you said, what does it look what does it feel like? What does it look like to be called the ministry? Man, that's 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 really up to you. That's really up to the Lord. I mean it's up to the Lord first and then it's up to you. And that's it. And yeah. You know, like vocation may change, career may change. But I've heard in in a lot of books you're calling. I don't know if it will. I don't know. If, I don't know if it, it may look different. It may look how you do it. You know, like like you said, you felt like maybe one at one point it was to have this role, and now that's different. Did your calling change? No, just the way you did it. I don't know. Yeah, you you touched on you said something about get off the stage, and that that whole thing leading and like the ministry role. Um, I want to, I want to go back to that. I want you to explain a little more what you mean when you say, and not even, not even about being called to ministry or not even about ministry 
space period like yeah. when you when you mention the term get off the stage i want you to touch <laughs> on that a little more because i mean no no no. in, in all in all seriousness it, it's something that it, it resonated with me where i even started talking about it in a way that like didn't even line up with ministry i just got excited because you said it and i was like oh like, here's a reason why you should get off this stage but yeah. like but like in in all seriousness as a leader watching people on stage doing things that are and very important to to the whole ministry as a whole um i wasn't talking trash but i was just saying like Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of important stuff that happens when you break down conversation and it builds connection but what i want you to elaborate on is is what you mean when when you say get get off the stage when it comes to this idea of calling i think i think when it or when it comes to the stage like we live in such a world where that's the only part that's really glorified. And that's the part that's lifted up. And that's the part that's celebrated. And even even this, like it may not be a stage, but do you record the good deeds you do in your community? Hmm. Do you post those things? Why? Why like why do we post the good things that we do? Hmm. Why, why do we why do we share the good things that we do now you know i think there's a balance of like hey if i work for this place we're trying to say like look what we're doing for our community that's dope but why is it for a stage or a platform and to make ourselves feel good or is it because of an of a good reason you know what i mean and so yeah i think when i think about that that get off the stage like i said preaching isn't bad leading worship isn't bad I'm not saying that. What I've seen is I've seen a lot of people. They thought their only call was I'm on the stage. And then they treat people terribly. Mm. My call is to preach. But they treat their family terribly. Mm. And by treating their family terribly, I mean they're, they're not there. You know what I mean? And so I think it's that's what I think it is, is. This this is this and this is Jesus. He preached, but what we know is like, yes, there's might be in a couple of times where Jesus was like elevated in platform, you know, like Sermon on the Mount. Like I'm sure there were people like as he was on the mount, right? It's like it's not a huge mountain; it's more of like a hillside, and so <laughs> this, he was probably like preaching down to people like kind of like how we do it today but in a lot of times he was preaching to people that he was on eye level with and when jesus saw people and especially sinners like he talked to them eye to eye Mm. it was never and, and and that's what i think was so powerful is the calling the literally god (laughs) the call was be with people yeah he he came down in flesh to mingle with his creation. That's weird. He like if he's you know, he is God. So like yes, you know, there had to be a sacrifice of someone, you know, of him, you know, of something bigger that was sinless. Like obviously we can go into theology all day. But there could have been a different way. You know, it's God. He could have done a different yeah. way. So why did he come down with the people? Why did he come down with the people? Mm. Why? Like, why did he mingle with the poor? Why did he mingle with tax collectors? 
he literally mingled with people that they called scum. <laughs> you know what I mean? So do you think that people who, and this is not everybody, but people who are position of power on stage feel like because they have that position, they held that position, that when they're done with that, they've done everything that they did do. So when they get off the stage, they don't have to be that same person anymore. You mean like by personality wise or like personality wise? So I'm a pastor. I just spoke tonight. I got off stage. I went to the bar. I had drinks with my friends, ran into some people from my church, told them, I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> right. Like it's what, what you said earlier is like the same people who have that position of power on stage, they get off, right. They get off stage, but they're not the same person they were when they were on stage, meaning they don't communicate with their family. Well, they aren't good to the people around them. They aren't eye to eye level with people. They don't see people eye to eye level, right. They're Joel Osteen. They ride around in Ferraris all day and they don't, <laughs> Name dropping. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Yeah. no. I hope he hears this, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, but they 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 ride around and 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 they they don't see people eye to eye level, they don't have connection. They they literally are stage presence and that's it. And I think it's it's my opinion. If it doesn't have Jesus in it, is it your calling? If it doesn't have Jesus in it. And I'm speaking for believers, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell unbelievers, like, if your life don't have Jesus in it, are you called? Or like, I don't know. I'm like a tax, I'm a banker. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm a banker. <laughs> but if it doesn't have Jesus in it, like, and what I mean, like, if, if Jesus isn't calling you to love your people, if you are a banker or whatever, like, that's my thing is like, it's with the people. And I think what, and I've done this too, is what I found is I thought my, job was so important my stuff was so important that i didn't really love my family well mm. i was a little angry you know i got a little snippy and then but what the crazy thing was like a couple hours earlier i was just the nicest guy i preached on stage and i was like yay awesome and i got you know so i don't think i've really found where like at least for myself where i'm not the same person i'm on stage in with congregants but i have found where i'm not the same person on stage when it comes to coming home I found mm. the same person on stage. And there are some times where I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I really want to talk to this person. But I'm, then I'm like, wait a second. There's mental health, of course. But I just think I think it's we forget that Jesus is a part. He is this. He is the thing. We are. Uh, we are broken people telling a broken world about a perfect God. That's wow. our job. So I can't get too big of a head. Yeah. Because I'm broken. In the same way, the person who is not a pastor, they're going to be called for judgment. He says, I'll be judged even harsher. Mm-hmm. So the sins I commit, you know, I believe I still get grace. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's going to be like, hey, bro, what about the people? Because I don't know, like, are the people that aren't, pastors or leaders like that like spiritual leaders like i don't think they're they're held to that level of like hey what's your fruit like well but i i am held to that level what's your fruit like and my fruit is going to be like how i treat people when i'm not preaching for 25 minutes and i'm sweating on stage because that's a microcosm of what i do 
And it's a microcosm of what you do, you know? Like I've told and I've heard I've heard your sermons, bro. You be preaching, preaching. No. You know? But that's not when people talk about why they love Tulin, that's not what they say. Not because you're not a great preacher, it's because you you be you're with people. Huh. You know what I mean? Like I think I get wary when people are like, Man, you're such a great speaker. Cause I don't I'm like like uh I mean am I I'm all right. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. But like I mean, how was I with people? Like, did I talk to you after? Did I remember your name? Like, dude, I'm huge about names, bro. <laughs> yeah. So what's the what would you say the moral of the story is? <laughs> and we come <laughs> to a close. Um I I think and I love to hear your thoughts too. I think the moral of the story is this. Ask this question. I'm call in my calling, am I is Jesus leading me or am I mm. leading it? In anything you do. I do not care if you don't work for a church. I don't care if you don't work for a nonprofit Christian organization. I don't care. Is Jesus leading it? Because what me, you and I have both seen in leaders um, that we know, that we don't know, when we lose hold of that question, that's one step people get hurt. And that's when we start questioning calling. That's when we start questioning how we treat and love people. So I feel like it's, I feel like it's been like the Nate hour for a little bit. (laughs) But like, I think, I think I want to ask you, like, as you, as we close this conversation, like, what do you think about as you've been struggling with that question of like, what what does it look like to be called the ministry? Like, what does that look like to you right now? What would be your definition for the Talin of today, where his life is at? Talin of today, I think he is still um, leading students at a capacity of of uh, whether that me jumping back into young life or staying at the church I'm at or moving to a different church, whatever that looks like. I think it's still leading students. Well, I think it's leading my, my uh, marriage. Well, I think it's uh, leading my job well. Um, and, and given that place, even though sometimes I don't like it, a big old ministry hug. And, and, and you know, I think it's showing Jesus and every aspect of my life, sprinkle of that in every aspect of my life, because ministry, like we're, we're talking about now, doesn't just come with the package of a paycheck and being on stage. There's so many behind the door nights of prayer and, and administrative stuff and all this, you know, cultural idea stuff you have to come. I mean, like you, you, you know, it. you're in it right now. And I, I, I see some of the behind the scenes stuff, but like, for me, I think I'm switching my perspective on being called to ministry as a youth pastor, not saying that that's off the table. I'm not saying that I'm completely done with trying to pursue that. If it happens, then God willing, I will do everything I can to make it happen. But as of right now, it it looks different for me. It means showing up and, and being Jesus-like in every aspect of my life. And so I'm just trying to make sure Say that-, that again, bro. That's I'm it. just trying to make sure that every- everything that I'm doing looks like Jesus. And if I'm not doing that, then I have no right to even talk about being a youth pastor because then 
wait, what? So you're going to change your life when you get the position? No, it's like, you need to be in that right now. And that's the thing that like, I'm still struggling with some of the things I'm holding on to from the past. Like I, I got to let that stuff go and build up and, and all this extra stuff. So it, it's, it, it comes with a lot and it's a lot to think about, but I know that starting from here on out, it's just like, look like Jesus. And that's easier said than done. Right. Dude, the power in what you said, I think, I think, You, you, what happens is we find ourselves in a in a messed up spot and then we question the call that God gave us because of our dumb mistakes. You know what I mean? Like we question what God has told us because of the mistakes we make. And I'm I have multiple times been like, God, how could you how could you call that person again? How could you how could they get that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna let God do do his thing on that person. But what you said is so true. If we can get to a place if we can get to a place where we're healthy before the place, before the position, not the calling, <laughs> right? Because in the calling we're still learning, the calling we're still getting better. But if we can get to a place where we're healthy before the position, I think we're going to be all right. And so, Talena, I love the question that you ask. Like, what does it look like to be called to ministry? And Because that's what we're about on this podcast, y'all, is we're about this idea of asking real questions, asking real conversations. And sometimes it might feel like, man, what are they talking about? And it's because you're like you're getting our raw thoughts. And I didn't tell Talena this, but these podcasts will are going to be posted in full now. Like, less editing. And more just mm. raw thoughts. And so you might hear my ums and you might hear my oohs and you might hear long breaks because <laughs> I'm thinking. You might hear Tillin's long breaks because he's thinking. You might hear uh, Julia walking in the background. You might, you know, it, you're going to get the, the realness. Or and Jordan. Think, or Jordan, you know, or, or Jordan. No disrespect. <laughs> I'm you know just what I'm kidding. Saying? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's what it's about. And so I would say to wrap this, guy, wrap this up is keep asking the question. Are you fighting for the position? Are you work? Are you working in your calling? Hmm. And again, working is not the paycheck. Because if you fight for a position, what you're going to find is once you get the position, oh shoot, I got to keep going with the calling. Wow. Because dude, I got the position. I cried. It was beautiful. I remember, man. I remember. I'll never forget the day. We're all masked up, but I'm weeping, and I have like my tears are, like going in my mask and. Um, and then a month later I was like, oh shoot, this is what I asked for. <laughs> wow. And not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Yeah. Just yeah, like, yeah. 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 Just yeah. like, oh snap. It's, this is it. I'm being here. called was, being called was more than preaching. It was mm -hmm. more than sermons. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I got to sit down and plan a, uh, plan a dodgeball night with middle schoolers and Italian sodas and it'll be a little messy or sometimes I'm going to go on breakaway days and we're just going to pray. And I'm like, why are we praying for so long? <laughs> <laughs> but we've been praying for 48 hours. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? Or sometimes we got to fast and I'm like, well, I'm hungry, bro. I'm hungry, man. I need some food. Listen, Jesus did this, but that was like the son of God, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nah. <laughs> but, man, to end, dude, what a great episode. What a great yeah, it feels episode. good to be back, man. Get the, the spider webs off, the cobwebs. 
get back into some conversations, bro. I'm I'm excited, man. Let's go. Couple yeah. things I wanna couple things I wanna close out with. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, uh, Nate Dean, Talen Austin. Uh, is it underscore Talen Austin? Um, something like that. Talen Austin yeah. underscore. Talen Austin underscore. Uh, make sure to follow the Let's Get Real Pod. And then Talen, I'm telling you this live, but we got this little little app, little, little something something. Uh, it's called the Wisdom app. And so the Wisdom app, we got invited. I think they invited a lot of smaller podcasters it looks really cool and we can have live conversations and so sometimes we might hop on for a couple i might hop on we might hop on and we might just talk and so the wisdom app what it is is if you've ever heard seen the app clubhouse or you've seen where twitter does those like little like audio conversations it's an audio conversation and a bunch of people can listen to in in on it live and so uh Tlin, you and i will play around with that but, wow. but that's some really, good news. It's really cool. We got invited to it. I just checked it out today. And the cool thing is we're like our channel is a top mentor. And so whenever we go live, we're pretty much already oh, I just hopped into one right now. But we're pretty much already one of the top people. Like Wow. So yeah. <laughs> So I'm that's, excited about that. That's exciting. I haven't played with it yet. I might hop in a little in a little conversation in a second here, just to see if people hop in. Like, there's like, dude, some of these guys who I'm like, oh, I ain't got no list. There's like 200 people hopping in on their thing. Wow. So I don't know. So maybe I'll talk some faith today with a bunch of randos. I don't know. But guys, thank you so much for checking out the Let's Get Real podcast. My name is Nate. And that's my boy, Talin. And we will catch y'all in two weeks. This is every other week thing. We'll catch y'all. Love you guys. In two weeks. Again, we're so excited to be back. We cannot wait to put out this content. We can't wait to have on guests. We can't wait to maybe have on our wives one night or something. Uh, do, a, do a live event. Go to a church. Hey. And, and, and we're going to make this thing as big as we can make it. And we are so excited. Uh, to be back and recording again. So, yes, hey. I am Talin Austin, and I will catch you guys on the flip side. Let's go. Jeez, now I'm playing. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>